0: Welcome to the Hay Kings podcast brought to you by Vermeer, your expert in hay and forage equipment. I want to say a special thank you to Vermeer for sponsoring the podcast. Without their help, none of this would be possible. If you're so inclined, please visit vermeer.com forward slash for more information. Think big, think fast. That's what TJ Steel does. If you're in the Hay Kings world, you probably know about the giant round baler. Now, I think there's more than one. Now, the Baylor's have been updated and they're running. We're excited to have TJ back on the podcast to give us some updates on the Baylor. Welcome back.
1: Well, thanks for having me back again. It's been a been a few days or a little while since we've been on the last time, but uh, we've had a lot of accomplishments between now and then.
0: Let's hear the updates on the Giant Round baler.
1: We had the very first one on the ground, I believe, in 2019. And that was the first time we were able to To do any bailing with it, we had a pretty good run with it the first time, but there was no automation. Very little anything to make it user-friendly. It was more to try to make sure the concept was going to work, to make sure the bather was possible. You know, just just all the beginning stages of R&D and to figure out which direction to go. Right. That year, with no electronics or anything, we actually put up about 800 bales pretty consecutively. Had a ton of room for improvement. And it uh, got through that season, and then we sent it back up to Michigan to Wayne Vogel's shop, and uh, we actually missed 20 <clears throat> due to COVID. Uh-huh. We just didn't know what to, what to expect, and, you know, we didn't know if anybody was going to have any employees left, you know, we just, just didn't know the world of uncertainty hit. So sure, I said, hey, just just put it on the, just put it in the back, back background, you know, and, Let's just cross this bridge later. And at that time, it was kind of interesting because you know financing large, high-dollar custom machines isn't like going to John Deere credit hmm. or anybody else. <clears throat> and that was that was going to be a kind of a big snag. We actually had a really good year in twenty. It allowed us to carry on all that ourselves. So when twenty one hit, we had it on the ground here again, and we were really hoping for the twenty one season we were going to get to run. One or both, um, but actually one of the guys that was on the team building it had a heart attack in August, and that set us back about a month, which was okay. You know, things happen, life life happens during all of it. So, so that put us off a little bit. Anyway, we got it back to the field, had fully automated, you know, fully automated everything on it, and uh, had a really good run. Still some improvements and some changes, but during that time frame, number two was built. So the last go around we figured out that thing uses an enormous amount of horsepower to be really efficient in in our world. And, you know, for the listeners, I want want you to keep in mind that it's not, it's kind of hard to compare to conventional just because of what it does, which, you know, we'll get into the numbers here. Yeah,
0: This is where we should stop and say, you're building this custom machine for you and not for sale. This is something designed for your very unique working conditions that would be awful hard to make pencil just about anywhere else in the country, right?
1: Yes, that's very true. Um, we're just in an area that's, we use a lot of corn stalks, feed yards and dairies. And, you know, argu- arguably, corn stalks not the best thing to take off the ground. But when you live in the high plains and you don't have much rainfall every year, sometimes that's kind of a last resort. And uh, it's just turned into a big part of cattle feed and it, the the biggest thing is you got to get it off. Like these guys are going to wheat right after the corn stalks are removed, and it doesn't work very well on a corn on corn basis. There's some manage, a lot of management that goes into every guy's operation that we do this on. But the the simplest one is they're just going to wheat. So they have an enormous amount of trash. We'll come in. We'll take that off. And uh, the grain drills are waiting. They've coordinated fertilizer. You know, it's just it's just a push, 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 and you're following. You know, you're following up to 12 producers that could be running up to three combines a piece. All of them run two. So, you know, they're pushing, they're pushing 12 and 16 row corn heads. And back in the conventional world, here we are running an eight row shredder and, uh, you know, punching out thousand pound bales. And it. it just never made sense. And that's where the whole birth of all this stuff came from, was just looking from a bird's eye view. So there's got to be a better way.
0: This is that concept of thinking big and thinking fast to match with modern combines, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, when you just have that much ground to cover, you can do it conventionally. I mean, we've done it before. It is not a fun process. I mean, it's horrible running balers. It's hard on machinery. The fields are stinking rough from the pivot tracks. Nothing, Nothing about it's fun. And I, I told a guy the other day, not that, you know, I'm not a female and i have never give birth, but they will say, you know, giving birth is uh, one of the most forgiving pains that you ever have because next year they forget it and most of them decide to do it again. <laughs> well, bailing corn stalks is about the same way, you know, not from a painful standpoint, but, you know, the concept, you know, it's the most forgiving pain you have. It's like next year everybody's ready, but you forgot <laughs> how horrible it was the year before. So... <laughs> It's just a tough deal, and not all days are bad. You know, you're on a shredder with a square baler. It's it's not too bad, but it's just a lot of ground. And uh, there's just an opportunity for some bigger contracts, and it's like everything else in the world. We're getting less people, or our labor pool is less, and, and the bigger equipment we get, the bigger the jobs get.
0: The more efficient you are.
1: you got to be more efficient. You're going to have to figure out how to play the game to stay in business. You know, well, this year we actually – pooled several guys together, uh, to help us do this job that we're on or this project this fall, which has been a blessing. I mean, the help's been good. I found out that, you know, I'm broke down a lot, but so are they. So (laughs) we're (laughs) we're just not out there by ourselves in that category. So, so that's been interesting to see. And just, we had a really long night last night ahead of this, uh, uh, rainstorm to come in and then i got a call this morning from a guy running a custom swather he hit an oil casing and kind of about totaled his header and oh just put a windshield in his swather because he shattered the windshield with his top of his head so
0: oh that's and what you uh, call a bad day
1: <clears throat> that's the start of a very bad day.
0: You've talked about shredders and, and big square balers, right? We're talking three yep. by fours, right? That's what you're calling a conventional setup. Let's talk about your unconventional setup T- take me through the swather, the rakes, and then we'll dial in on the big baler on the round. Baler. So
1: sure. So running, running shredders, it's anything conventional will do the job, you know, like you can get there. But you're running so many of them. The ash content's a big deal, less trips across the ground, you know, all those things add up for efficiency. And we've taken all those things into consideration, you know, and the bottom line is what we're doing is we're running a 47 foot swather for the most part. I've hired some guys to come in and help because I can't be everywhere by myself. And we run a 47 foot custom built swather that was bought partially for corn stock projects. I had discovered um, that we can actually just swath them down. Uh, with a swather, and even square baling, we do pretty good because we've you know things changed over the course of ten or fifteen years, ten or twelve years here, and the corn heads changed. So you're getting a shorter stock, and we're able to square bale some of those acres that have shorter stocks. You still have a few regular corn heads that leave a lot taller, which is kind of murderous for a conventional baler. Right, but our big round balers love it. Round balers love longer pieces; they don't need the stuff chopped up. So. I own the tub grinders, so why be processing the stuff in the field if I own the machine that's designed to process the stocks, you know, and spit them out for cow feeds, so yep, we're running this 47-foot swather, and then we're running a big rouse rake, and then we come back in with, you know, conventional square baler or our big round balers, so this year we finally have got as high production with everything kind of married together in line, and that swath will cover an average in a cornfield of about 60 acres an hour. Uh, my record day, I've hit 530 acres in an in afternoon, evening, you know, through the night, but done by, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning. Yep. And uh, it's just a huge difference. I mean, you can just cover so much ground and it's cheap. I mean, you can run... I think I ran 480 acres on like 135 gallon of fuel you know it's just it just don't cost much to run it
0: Whoa.
1: and we've been able to have Rouse custom build us a 38 wheel rake that's uh, that's leading the big balers and this year is 22 we just had a really really horrible spring so that big old 60 foot rake uh, it actually served a very good purpose all year for conventional balers and I, I kind of laughed. I said, "Beginning of twenty two, for most of the year, our swather and our big rake made more money than all the balers combined." So,
0: oh geez, that, it
1: uh, saved <clears throat> saved a lot of running around chasing small windrows. And anybody in the Baylor business knows that
0: small windrows are a bad deal. A bad
1: yep. deal just takes a lot of time and inefficient. So,
0: and and a lot of the times you can't go fast enough and stay in the seat,
1: especially in our ground. Nothing smooth, you know. Another thing I don't think people realize in our area, there is no hay meta. You know, there's no there is no hay field, so to speak. Right. Everything we bail was tilled or no tilled the year before. Yep. You know, so it's always rough. I mean, seldom do you have a smooth field, which is why there's some massive terrigators with four foot wide tires too, just because we're tired of beating ourselves up on other guys' fields. So Oh yeah. So that swather it's running. You know, sixty acres an hour average, fifty all the time, even if it's rough. Um, This year, I've had to slow down. Stocks are processing a little harder going through the crimpers, which we still crimp them. You're not running a lot through, but there's still quite a bit. Yep. And uh, about 50, 60 acres an hour. That swather he, or not swather, but the rake he's covering, he's covering at least that, if not a little bit more. But it, it depends too, because you you know you got to slow down, you got to be careful. The bigger stuff, which part of the part of the reasoning for all this stuff is we don't want to drive so fast. You know, we just got to a point where we're just beating ourselves and our equipment up, so we've just said, hey, slow this thing down. And, you know, we're perfectly happy to set in there from 6 to 8 miles an hour, 9, 10, 11, if it's, a, you know, a good field. But you are still able to cover a lot of ground. So he's got the rake stretched open on our big baler. It's it's 57 feet open clear up, but the windrow at the back is a little too narrow, so we got to suck the wings in just a little bit putting about a seven foot windrow um, out the back of it and the big Baylor's come along and we had a record night last night. I actually was running on two hours of sleep, uh, had a little shower come in. So we decided Willem and I was going to stay there and finish it. It was Willem's birthday, and he's waited about five years to have a day like that. And uh, so he got to bring in his birthday with an all-nighter running a big baler. So.
0: Let's take a break there, and we'll get a word from our sponsor.
1: With the 605 in, I feel I can go to the field, and we just bail. We're not stopping. We're not adjusting. It's ready to go, and it goes. I spend more time bailing with less issues that I've had with other bailers in the past. I'm Ken Moses, and I get more hay put up right with the 605N Vermeer baler. Hear the full story at makinghay.com slash haykings.
0: Now, you're running two of those round balers, right?
1: Yeah, we got two of them. Um, like I said, this year is the first year for the second one. Uh, the second one went a lot better. You know, we just learned a lot on the first one. I mean, oh my gosh. So oh, yeah. The learning curve was steep, um, but it was achievable. You know, it's definitely attainable. They're making beautiful bales. I mean, slick-sided, tight. Of course, the windrow has everything to do with it. Anybody who runs around baler knows that.
0: Yep, it's all in um, the raking.
1: It's all in the raking. And we're we're really kind of to a point, even in really good corn stocks, we could probably still put 30% more in those windrows because we're still running 8 miles an hour pulling 57 feet. Whoa. So, I mean, you can get to 9. We... Mine, I've I've only plugged it up one time in a pickup, and you're you're running fast enough with, you know, that heavy machine and a Terragator on it. You just don't have to go that fast. I mean, you're covering an enormous amount of ground. Yep. And uh, they have a massive, massive, massive appetite unlike anything that any of us probably ever seen before.
0: Take me through how much you bailed last night because you're talking about breaking some records.
1: So I'll start out by saying our record in conventional square bales you know, everybody's gonna convert all this stuff back to math and per hour and all that. But just to understand, we run, I always tell my guys, I don't care what you can bail today. I wanna know what you're gonna bail every day this week so we can look at a bail count at the end of the week and then next month. You know, we have to do this every day. So we don't go out there, you know, push the bailer for all it's worth next to plugging up, you know, on your on your toes, white knuckled. We're doing this today and tomorrow. Our best record, we had three brand new three by four square balers. These were non-XDs. <clears throat> so you were probably looking at 930 pound average, maybe kiss a thousand. That would have been the top of it. We had a 2,000, well, 2,300 bales, 2,265 bales in a day. And, and when we say a day, we just call it a 24-hour turnaround, whether, whether it's 18 hours, 12 hours, or what. You never you never hit a record day in a 10 hour day. I mean, you just very seldom ever happens. And we had all these fields close. We didn't have much move time. Um, We were running on shredded stocks. Everything was working well. The balers were all probably under 10,000 bales at that point. So that's been our record day. Our record day on throughput production on a single baler, non-XD was 825. And again, that's about a 1,000-pound bale, 930, somewhere in
0: there. I'm doing all the math for you as as we're going here, and I just want to pause. 825 825 times 1,000 divided by 2,000, just what everybody listens to a podcast for is math. But that's 412 tons for those of you who who deal and think in tons. And then that uh, three baler total was 377 tons per baler. Uh, in a single day for a total of one thousand one hundred and thirty two
1: tons. Yep. I'm gonna jump over to the big baler and we're gonna give you a snapshot of a window. <clears throat> Yesterday we pulled in on a half mile sprinkler. For those that don't live in the irrigation world, that's a half of a section, a section, you know, being six forty you put a sprinkler in the middle of it, go around a circle, cut it in half, and that's half of it, 240, 250 acres, depends on how sprinklers are set up. It's a long ways around there from one end to the other. We pulled in with two full rolls in that wrap. <clears throat> we took off around that circle, and you could run down and back and run out a roll in that wrap, actually down and back twice. We dumped exactly forty bales, which is what we're getting out of roll of wrap. We dumped forty bales a piece times two balers in an hour and fifteen minutes.
0: In an hour and fifteen minutes. Now, what do those bales weigh?
1: First ones we did on the very first field. We had them turned down as far as height. Our density's been the same. But they weighed 4,600 pounds. We since added nine inches in height as we got the balers stepped up online and covered all the little things, and we got them running right. We're making 108 to 109-inch bales right now. So if you just use that, 4,600, 4,700 pounds for an average, you can do your math there.
0: Okay, so I'm just going to do one baler output. Uh, 4,600 pounds. That was 92 tons in an hour and 15 minutes and on one baler. One baler. And 184 tons in an hour and 15 minutes on two balers.
1: Yep. And that, that snapshot is probably, you know, it, it's not, I'm going to say like the best, but just understand that was, you know, net wrap to net wrap. There's no getting out time. We never got out of the seat. You know we have we have some glitches in the net wrap. Sometimes you gotta finish out the cycle manually. You know it takes you another fifteen seconds or something on a bale. Um, we're averaging averaging a minute thirty five to a minute forty a bale is what we're averaging.
0: That's pretty fast. I mean, even if you're thinking about a, a regular round baler, you're only talking. I mean, fifty seconds is smoking fast yeah. on a on a thousand yep. pound round bale.
1: Yeah, you know, there's guys talk about. Forty seconds, forty-five seconds, and I'm not saying it's not attainable, right? But things have to be perfect, Yep. and also take into consideration we're in the hardest crop just about available. Oh yeah, to bale.
0: corn stalks is brutal. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody's going to argue that.
1: <laughs> and you look through hay kings, you know, and and you see powered wind guards and questions about feeding, and my baler won't start a bale and. Um, all that stuff, believe me, all that was taken into consideration, you know, when these machines were built and they love them. I mean, they just, they're built for it. It shows. I mean, they just, there's not, it is just amazing to watch them go through a 57 or 55 foot windrow running eight miles an hour, hydraulic drive, no chain slinging or nothing. And they're just quiet. All you can hear is the belts, belts and a hydraulic wind and you know there's no pushing stuff there's not you know you're not plugged up you're not white knuckle on the steering wheel i mean you're just i mean you're listening to pandora and just scooting along you know <laughs> it's just not a, and we never have to fix an otter oh my gosh i mean never climb the damn ladder you know it's just for <laughs> us it's such a such a relief and such a huge change
0: i i'm having flashbacks to literally all summer on my number 4 <laughs> otter up and down, yep. up and down, crawling underneath, restringing. yeah.
1: And in a cornfield, I don't care how new it is, man. We've got two brand new HD New Hollands, and they just—they don't stay set, you know. And it's not that they just wiggle out of settings, but stuff just changes. And when you're talking in thousands of, of an inch, and everything's got to be precise, and you're out there in dirt and debris and corn stalks, it's just. It's just not a fun deal, you know, like you, you have some good days, but it's just not fun. I mean, we've exhausted almost all of our help every year in cornfields, you know, and by the time you get to the end, you got a massive bail count and they look back and, you know, it's something to be proud of, but you didn't like it. And we just, we just had to figure out, like, there's just got to be a better way. Me and Willamoy say, you're like, why does everything have to be a battle? Whether it's people or equipment. And if it ain't one, it's going to be the other. And and to be honest, neither one's getting any better. You know, I mean, our help is getting harder to find, and we're trying to be way more selective and hire those guys that you know are willing to run with me all night and watch the sun come up and have a massive day and set some records. You know, and and then that's hard. And, to and find. then do it
0: again the next day.
1: And then do it again the next day. Back to the records. That's that snapshot of that eighty bales between the two balers that's probably as good of a window as you're going to get, but you can do it all day every day. I mean, it, it's it's the same from, I mean, you can run net wrap roll to net wrap roll and be within two minutes every time, you know, may, maybe five, I mean, under 10, hands down. Right. And we're filling up together, like within, my baler feeds a little bit better than the one I was running, which is the newer one. They're set up exactly the same, but I'm going to have to go in and do some software looking around and some pressure checks to see because he he stalls out if he's in a real good wind row he'll stall the pickup out when he gets up there around that eight miles an hour and he backs down one gear and it's fine Uh, but mine the one i'm running it just i mean you just can't hardly stop it it's just you know
0: now are you running (laughs) the number one or the number two baler
1: i was running the number two baler um we had way more trouble with the number one baler which was really interesting because it's i mean that baler's bailed over 2000 bales over the course of its R&D which is funny because you know you take that times four or four and a half or five bales you know that thing has bailed almost 8000 bales just just playing some some operations that that's that's a quite a life on a baler already you know and we're just we ain't even we ain't even to the good stuff yet <laughs> so but the number 2 baler we had so much more knowledge i mean just unbelievable round baling is simple that's why we did the concept but there are so many little things to make them work good and probably all of us still take for granted, even on a conventional round baler, how complex some of them systems are. And everybody's probably thinking, well, there's no, not really any system on there. Well, I'll tell you one thing right off the bat, the drive system, getting rollers the right size that are driving with that wide of a belt, this was a huge lesson we can get into later, but you know, like you're busting drives, you know, like you talk about thousands of an inch on a roller in our diameter, you're talking three RPM difference and one's driving the other, but yet the nine foot of belt is holding them things together. So it doesn't slip, you know, something's got to give. And which is partly why the hydraulic drive was on it, but there's just a lot of stuff. I mean, We welded all the belts together so there's no splices. You know, it was a big deal that we wanted. We actually built our own welder, learned how to vulcanize, and we did all that process on our own. We didn't hire it. We actually built all that stuff to do that. All of the drives are hydraulic drive. Um, On that note, the biggest change for these machines from this year versus last year, last year we had it running um, with the programming um, that was a huge hurdle. That programming was a big hurdle. Net wrap, running net wrap and string, so everything's got to run in a sequence. And one thing has to happen before the next one. And and even in the programming itself and how you write the program and how it reads the stuff and how it calculates the inputs. And I mean, that, that was just, I really enjoyed that. As much as I hate electronics on agricultural equipment, I have really enjoyed making that baler operate through a program. But, you know, I come from that, what we laugh and call a spaceship box, that I did everything with a switch and a light from the tractor cab to fully automated to where pretty much anybody can get in it and run it. So, you know, that that was this fun, Um, a very huge accomplishment in my books. And, you know, my hat's off to every manufacturer for the things that they have built, the way they've gotten them so user-friendly, for how complex they are, that is difficult. I'm still going to stand my ground and say they ain't got. They do not have any excuses for the lack of quality that we're dealing with every day. And it's getting worse every year. They've had 50 years to get this stuff right. There's a reason why they don't. And I just, I understand that they have to make money. I think they've just taken it too far. And it's not getting better. And that's why we just got completely out of that that whole system
0: tj thank you for your time today i sure do appreciate the update on the big baler the, the i'm i'm gonna quit calling it a big baler because i that's what i call three by fours so you have a giant round baler and i just want to put a point on that saying thank you for being innovative and trying things that nobody else will do
1: well i appreciate you having me again and appreciate those that support us and even those that watch us and scratch their head we yeah. still appreciate uh, Right. we just appreciate everybody
0: if you'd like to follow along with tj you can check out born to farm that's born the number two farm on facebook and if you want to see the latest hay news you can check out hay-kings.com and click on news thank you to nick Palmeri at palmary sound for your expertise in audio editing and thank you to jessica Palmeri, our social media coordinator